0: There's a different uh, feeling around Orchard Park right now. Like it's, everybody's excited. I know, you know, expectations, all that stuff. We don't care about that. You know, we're going to continue to work, but it's a it's a good feel. And I feel like that's going to, it's going to give us a little boost um, once we really start going, because guys, guys really care and um, understand that that loss was just another stepping stone to get to the next step.
1: Welcome to What's Next with Eric Wood, where we will prepare you to make your what's next in life your best yet. Our next guest is two-time All-Pro Safety and captain of the Buffalo Bills, and that's Micah Hyde. Micah is an incredible human being, and you will learn so much from his story, and the words he shares on this podcast will impact you no matter what industry you're in. We will have some fun talking some ball from when we played together and on the current Bills team. Also, we will discuss the current Tom Brady Fox Sports deal that will pay him significantly more per year than he ever has made as a quarterback in the NFL. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to help spread the impact we hope to have. Thanks to everyone that has shared the podcast recently with friends, whether that's through email or text or on social media, it's because of you that each and every week these listener numbers are growing and growing, and I cannot thank you enough. Enjoy, Michael. Welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. How's your off season going? Oh, it's amazing.
0: Um, you know, after the season, you know, we had a we had a daughter back in August. Um, August. 30th. On that. Man, yeah, and, you know, you got little babies, uh, little kids. That was tough during the season, having a newborn. Um, so, you know, I felt like I didn't really know her. So once the season got over with till now, spending a lot of time with the kids. So, um, you know, it's a blessing, and, you know, all season is going great. And you and Amanda were pretty big travelers. Has that all slowed yeah. down now that you got oh, two kids? I'm sick. I'm sick, man. <laughs> we haven't we haven't went on vacation uh, in some time, but we're, we're headed to, to Cabo in July. We're looking forward to that. Um, we're going to take the kids down there and, and hang out for, you know, a long week. But yeah, man, that, that traveling stuff ended, ended quick, man. We were, we were all over the world
1: for a while there. I know you were. And that was smart to do. Me and Leslie actually went to Cabo like seven straight off seasons before we right. had kids. Well right. then now we're like, man, I wish we would have maybe tried somewhere else, but it's like, you get in a rhythm you got the things you like. And it's uh, all it's perfect. I mean, it's like a, it's,
0: you go down to Cabo. I mean, it's like a, it's basically like America, but obviously in in, in Mexico. And so it's convenient to get to. It's not far um, from us. It's an hour and a half. So I definitely see why
1: you guys did that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So usually I start off and I ask, you know, where are you from and what all sports you play growing up. I already know that information. I'm going to spoil it for the listeners. We're both Ohio guys. You're from Pastoria, Ohio. What? And I mean, shoot, you played baseball, basketball, football in high school. But I want to know one thing. Up, you man? were. All Northern Ohio and quarterback, defensive back, place kicker, and honorable mention as a punter. Did you have any other players on the team, bro?
0: I literally did not come off the field. Um, I'm from a small town, man. Not nothing like your, you know, your hometown and your football team. We had our graduating class was like '96 or '97 or something like that. And you know, our team, we were in. You guys are probably Division One in Ohio. Yeah, Yeah. We we were Division. By the time I was a senior, we were Division Four. So. You know, it's definitely a, a you know, smaller, smaller school, smaller team. So, um, you know, when you're that guy, you, you can't you can't come off the field. You got to play defense. You know, I, was, I have a soccer background. So I was, you know, kicking and punting. And um, I think it still bothers me a little bit that I wasn't I wasn't uh, all in a well and, and punting. You know, that would have really uh, that would have really set it off.
1: Well, that's the competitor in you. And I love that about you. It's like yeah. that that one thing. Yep. The fact that you you weren't first team, it, it still gripes you. I love yep. that about you. Sure. All right, so you entered the league as a fifth-round pick to the Packers. Mm-hmm. I, I love to ask guys that have been as successful as you in their NFL careers, what advice would you have, if you could go back again, what advice would you have to that rookie, Micah Hyde? Um, oh, man.
0: A lot of things, but I think the number one thing would be, like, just trust yourself. Trust yeah. yourself. Trust what you you've done. Um, I think that a lot of times, you know, you NFL. You know, you played what twelve years, twelve thirteen years. Nine. It felt like twelve at yeah. times. Well, I, I feel like I feel like you played longer than that. But uh, you know, I, I when you know when you're younger, you're growing up. You think of the NFL and how you know glamorous it is. You see it on TV. These guys are making millions of dollars, all that stuff. So you kind of get you kind of get caught up into it. And then I think that the whole. Um, draft process, you know, the combine, all that types, like some stuff I was never used to, I think I got caught up in it. And so when I got into the league, um, I just, you know, I I don't want to say I got away from myself because I was able to make a football team and, you know, have a, have a good start with my career, but I just wish that I was just more um, um, just being myself on the field, you know, not playing with a lot of nerves and just going out and playing free. And um, I think that's one thing I would definitely uh, give myself some, some advice I would give myself as a younger player.
1: Yeah, when I look back at my career, one of the things that still irks me is how much pressure I put on myself through yeah, those yeah. like six years. Like even when I signed my second deal, I still didn't play free. Like if I made a mistake yeah. in a game, I couldn't sleep that night. Yeah, I, I didn't even like even if we won, I couldn't sleep. But I'm
0: still that way. Like I I can't go to sleep after every game. I've and I think this might have started when I got to Buffalo in, in 17. After every single game, I can't go to sleep until I watch the film. I'm the same way like, I just I, I have to see it and I got so much stuff like of how plays played out in my head that I need to see it from you know the bird's eye view I need to see like if I played it correctly because I you know I, I grade myself four times before I even you know actually my coaches don't even give me grade sheets anymore because I we, we got in too many arguments <laughs> we got too many arguments over them I mean you know how that is but right. um you know I just that's just the way I've always been
1: yeah and you're one of those dudes that they don't have to coach you hard like they need to inform you. They need to coach you, give you techniques, advice, but like, they don't need to get on you because you're going to be hard enough on yourself. That's going to do more harm than good. That's, that's a lot of industries. You know, if you have employees or whatever that, that are the hardworking type, like don't beat down on them. They are going to, they're doing their best to get the job done, coach them up, but don't beat them down.
0: But that's the, I think that's the way, I think that's the Buffalo bills organization would have transitioned into. I think that, you know, I'm not speaking for Sean, obviously, but um, I think he understands that. And all the coaches on the team understand that. Like when you have, when you have good guys in the building that care, that are team players that want to win, you know, they're going to be hard on themselves. And, you know, the coaches know that. So after a loss or after a bad game or even after a win, you come in and you, keep, you stay consistent, um, you know, motivating the players. And, and, you know, we all understand it's a process. And I think that's where – the organization has come just when I've been here from 17 until now, I I, that's, I can tell that that's for sure is the case. It's just high character guys that want to win.
1: Yeah. And one more thing on the film, when you're kind of that quarterback of the defense and you're running a lot of the show, well, on offense, I was doing the same thing. So I needed to watch film. And in my mind, I couldn't go to sleep knowing that if I went into film the next day, like I have to have a reason for everything I did. Yep. And at times, I'm like, did I see that correctly? Did I see the safety come down? I made a new blocking scheme. It didn't work out. Like, did I yep. blow that or yep. was I right there? And yep. so 100%. It, yeah, so it's a bigger picture when you're more involved than mm-hmm. just, hey, this is my specific duty on this single yeah, play.
0: Yeah, and, and and I think that we've also gotten to the point where, like, it, it, we get to the sideline right after the series, and we're already, like, breaking it down. Right. Hey, hey uh, I'll be like, you know, to JB, Coach, Coach Butler, hey, JB, play 15, you know, uh, I did this, blah, 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 You know, they ran this. Was that right? Because, you know, you know, in the NFL, they repeat plays you know, the defense will repeat, if, if it's working, they're going to repeat play. So I always know, like, ask a lot of questions at beginning of the game, towards the end of the game, stuff's going to start repeating itself. So you got to play that stuff correctly. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. From what you know, after, you know, being in the league nine years to, you know, being young and just going out there and
1: trying to get the, the call right, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. How about this? So, early in my career, after an offensive play, sometimes they would just show, like, the catch or they wouldn't even show replay in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Well, I got on the replay, guys, or I talked to someone in ops at the stadium, and I was like, hey, for every offensive play, I need a replay right when we get back to the huddle because I want to watch the play mm-hmm. right before we get the call for the next play. So, we'd go yeah. to the sidelines. Well, you only get pictures on the sideline. Yeah. Well, I got to watch the replay of yeah, the play. that's smart, man. Screen. That's smart.
0: That's smart. I, yeah, I'd never even – and I, they could even show the replay on the game. are not we're not gonna be able to see the DB. So that's you know, obviously a good a good thing to do for a lineman.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that would always help me out. And some of the guys didn't like it because I'd be like, Hey, you know, you gotta step with your right foot on that play, and they'd be like, I did. I'm like, well, just no, watch. No, no you, didn't. you
0: didn't. No, you didn't. Like, I <laughs> already saw it. <laughs> I
1: know uh, it. so funny. So you trade you played all the defensive back spots in Green Bay exclusively. Yeah at safety in Buffalo. Now you and Poirier kind of flip-flop free and strong, and yeah. it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch. But how important is it to be adaptable in the NFL? Well, it's huge. It's huge. And, you know,
0: I we always have a joke, you know, the more you can do, the less you get paid. Yep. Uh, you know, the longer you know, you'll play and the less you'll get paid. Exactly. You know, you, you everyone says that. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I found out the hard way when I was in Green Bay that I was doing – so much and being such a team player that it kind of haunted me, you know, that I, I wasn't able to get a second deal with them. And at that time, that's what I wanted. I would have, you know, I, I wanted to finish my career there and, and all that, you know, you just don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so, um, you know, when I came to, to Buffalo and they told me I was playing safety, I'm like, cool. Like, I, you know, I've played safety in the past, high school, um, all that type of stuff. So, you know, I just know the old, like the overall, you know, big picture of things, being the quarterback, seeing the whole field. And I I take pride in studying, you know, what the offense is doing, their techniques, the splits of receivers, all that type of stuff. So, you know, I just knew that, um, you know, once I got the feel for the defense and all that, I was going to be able to play my game. But um, I think that in this defense, within this defense, like the nickel, the safeties, you know, we were linebackers, we're cover guys, we do it all. So I think that that's when, you know, that whole Green Bay thing has come full circle and kind of help me out, you know, being a complete player. So, um, you know, like I said, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing to be on the field playing the different things, but it's a curse because, you know, you might not get paid as much as you want, but, you know, as
1: long as you're on a winning team, that's all that matters. I know. it. We, we've all – we as offensive linemen, we'd say the exact same thing. Like, if you could play all five spots, you're really valuable as a, as a backup. Yep. Well, you're probably not going to make that much money but you'll play a really long time exactly, exactly. that applies to any industry mm-hmm. you know people that can do it all you know you you'll be successful in life but like yep. the uber wealthy the most successful they hone in on one thing and they master it
0: exactly exactly it's wild man and you know it's you would
1: think it would be backwards but right that's how it is i know it i know it's switching gears a little bit are you and then is the team over that Kansas City loss yet?
0: I've definitely been over it. Um, and I feel like the, the team is also good. Um, I just feel like the, the, for in the last couple years, um, like we're so confident and, and who we have and who we are that, like, that, that loss doesn't dwell, like, it doesn't dwell on, it. and I, you know, I can't speak for everybody on the team because I don't, I don't know necessarily what the, all their opinions are, but for me, like, I, you know, being, this being year ten in the league, like you know, and and for you, you understand. I remember being in Buffalo, and like you had like a different um, demeanor about you. Like you understood that, like it's you're no longer like year three. Like you're towards the back end, you know. Listening to Kyle Williams' speeches and stuff like that, like he would make it be known, like I'm not gonna be here forever. Like I want to win a Super Bowl now, and that's kind of where I'm at now. And I feel like after that game, you know, it was it hurt so bad. That and I was just able to just flush it um, and understand that we have the guys in our building to to get it done. I still feel like, you know, it doesn't this doesn't mean anything, but I still feel like we had the best football team last year. Um, And I'm and I'm super confident with who we have in our in our locker room. So uh, I'm not dwelling on it. I'm excited for this season. I'm excited for who we have offensive, defensively and and special teams and and the coaches. um, This is like a different. There's a different uh, feeling around Orchard Park right now. Like it's everybody's excited. I know you know expectations, all that stuff. We don't care about that. You know we're going to continue to work, but it's a it's a good feel, and I feel like that's gonna it's gonna give us a little boost um, once we really start going because guys guys really care and um, understand that that loss was just another stepping stone to get to the next step.
1: Absolutely, and and in life when adversity hits. If if you're if you have the right makeup, it'll fuel you. Exactly. With others, it can tank you and, and yeah. ruin you. But yeah. that team is built with the type of guys that it'll fuel you. Exactly. If, you, if you're into historical data, uh when the Bills were making their historic run, they made it to the AFC championship game following your loss in the divisional round, then made it to four straight Super Bowl. So mm. we'll see if history repeats itself and, and only one up and, and win that sucker. And uh I mean, you said you think you have the guys in the building. Well, Vegas does as well. The Bills are the unanimous betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. You said you don't you're not worried about the expectations. But does that put more pressure on you as a team captain, as a veteran to to really hone in, especially like early on? Like, okay, we cannot let that distract us, but understand like we have a very special opportunity here.
0: Well, I think you know you just hit on both things. It can it can drive you, but it can also set you back. And and you know being older um, and understanding that. And you know, I feel like I've been on some pretty good teams um, in my career. That um, especially you know as a as a young player, you kind of you know get mixed up in all that stuff. You know the expectations and and all that. So um, you know I guess there's a little bit of worry. Um, you know knowing you have a good football team and everybody talking, but. Uh, I think that once you get going and and training camp and you're competing against each other and you start talking junk and, you know, there's fights and all that stuff, the competitors start coming out and you could care less what other people are saying off the football field. Like you're trying to win on the field, win as many reps as possible. So, um, you know, you can talk about all that stuff right now and it's all, you know, this is where the draft just happened. And, the schedule's coming out today and everyone's excited and they're predicting Super Bowl champions and all that. That's fine. You know, that's, that's the nature of the NFL and for all the fans, I get it. But once training camp comes and and you got to put on pads and it's 95 degrees and you're dead tired and it's the third practice in a row day off tomorrow, um, you know, it's a little bit different. And you kind of lock in and focus on what you have the guys in the locker room and
1: all that. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about any of that right now. Yeah, and the schedule is going to come out tonight. This podcast is going to release the day after the schedule comes out, so people already know, but it's rumored that the Bills will get a great number of primetime games, and justifiably, again this year. (laughs) So, you know, when I played, it was Sunday at 1, virtually every week, and then maybe a Thursday. You know, then you get your one Thursday game. So (laughs) now you have all these primetime games is, is it tough to, like, get that weekly rhythm and get your body back and, 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 and truly get that rhythm, or is it just something you guys have become accustomed to now?
0: What's different is that I think this the primetime game started a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. we started getting more and more, which was which was good. Um, it's something that Buffalo's been, you know, the Bills have been wanting for a long time. Um, I joked around with uh, in a press conference, uh, I think it was yesterday. I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I love that Sunday at 1 so I can get home by 4.30 and I'm sitting on the couch with the kids, Right. Out. Like that's I love those. But at the same time, you know, you get your your blood gets boiling for a, a nice primetime Thanksgiving game or a Sunday night game, you know, hoping to have a you know, some big time games in Buffalo with the fans. So um yeah, it, it's it's definitely gonna be exciting for some primetime games. And I can talk about being old now, but once that season comes, I'm so locked in that uh, you know, whatever time the games are, you know, we're gonna go out there and we're gonna perform.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And we used to talk amongst the offensive linemen like we like those Sunday at one games because those defensive linemen. You know, there's a lot of games on those defensive linemen. No, they're not in the prime time. They might mm-hmm. not take every rep this seriously, and that's real. In the that is one thousand percent real. Yeah, those, there's a big difference, especially with guys that have been paid. And and that's a big generalization, but man, some of those those superstars, those pass rushers that you know their name, they yeah. don't want to try as hard on first and second down in a non prime time game. Yeah. Now you get to, you get those lights on and it's Monday and Sunday night football. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they're out there to make a pro bowl. And so, all right, now we got to buckle up. That's
0: that's the truth. And I think that as being older in NFL, uh, you, you know, that type of thing, you know, those things like, cause I think the same thing, like primetime games, obviously the, you know, the, the big time receivers and the quarterbacks, they're going to try to go out there and they're going to, they're going to do what they got to do. But if it's Sunday at one in Buffalo on a, on a kind of, you know, cloudy, rainy, rainy day, you know, if it's tight going into the the fourth quarter, you know they'll be there. But if it's you know it's a couple score game going into the you know fourth quarter, they're gonna be like you know what, this one's over. with. Let's right just hang it up. So yeah, we definitely understand that.
1: Yeah, when those quarterbacks and receivers try to make them big plays in primetime, that's when you make them pay.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So for you sure. said you like you like to get back you know for a Sunday game, hang out with Amanda and the kids. How Perfect. professionally? and I only played one season with a daughter, but almost I almost felt like it gave me a little bit more purpose that season.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that
1: you have two kids professionally, no. has anything changed for you? Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: I think with my
1: with my son,
0: he was born uh, – well, he was kind of, you know, he was born in March, but that next season was the COVID year. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, no fans, nobody comes to the game. It was just so unique that, like – yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was wild. It was wild. So I didn't really experience being, you know, a football father with, with him. I couldn't bring him into the locker room. I couldn't do all that type of stuff. Um, but with our daughter last year, um, I just, I, I just got like a boost of energy after she was born. Like, and it wow. was, it was crazy. Like I was just like waking up in the morning, six thirty, you know, jumping out of bed, getting to the complex early, um, they're late, like, I just was, I was locked in, and I feel like it came from her being born, because I was just, like, in, like, I don't know, man, it was, it was the craziest feeling ever, I can't even explain it, but um, it did definitely give me a boost of energy last year, just going out there, and just knowing I was coming home to, like, my family, like, I have a family now of, you know, two kids, a wife, and, you know, it just, it just made me play harder for them.
1: Yeah, that, that's special, so this yeah. Sunday, May 15th, Uh, You have your, your charity softball game. Mm -hmm. And so tell, tell the listeners a little bit about what to expect and and talk about what it benefits.
0: Yeah. So the Magic Feet Foundation, foundation, I started um, back in 2013 as a college, in college as a a
1: project actually. Um, Which is really special.
0: Yeah. My last semester in in, in school um, at Iowa and Joe Salintic was my professor. He, uh, you know, had us come up with a uh, business plan. I told him, you know, I didn't invent, I don't have an invention to talk about. I don't have anything like that, but I have a nonprofit, you know, that I'm, I I want to start. And he's like, oh, for sure, do it. Um, so that's where it started. And the idea came from, you know, as a young kid, just like yourself, playing tons of sports. Um, you know, my siblings and myself, we had a whole bunch of equipment in the garage or in the house or wherever that we just, you know, wasn't being used. So uh, my idea was to collect all that, collect all that from, you know, anybody that has it and we will donate to boys and girls clubs or kids that need it. So that's kind of where the idea came from, but it's, it's came a long way since 2013. And, um, you know, now we do back to school uh, backpacks filled with, you know, all the the lists, uh, all the items that, you know, teachers give the list for kids. Um, you know, we do a Thanksgiving event, we do Kids for kids every Christmas. Last year, we gave away 1500 pairs of Nikes for for kids in wow. Western New York and in Detroit and in my hometown of Falstoria. Um, we have this softball game um, that benefits, um, the all you know, all the money that we raise for the softball game goes back to Western New York. Um, my camp is in a couple of weeks in my hometown. Five hundred free kids, you know, that that are gonna, you know, be there out there running around, tiring tiring me the hell out. Uh, you know, so we do a lot of things, um, you know, throughout the year, and and uh, we kind of branch from the sporting, um, the the athletic, and now we're doing a lot more academics. And so now we do teacher grants. Um, we have you know, some classes that make videos for us and, you know, we be the judge, whoever makes the best video, we give a teacher grant to a couple thousand dollars because, you know, we understand that teachers go through, teachers go through a lot, you know, they don't get paid a lot, but they, you know, are basically in there with, you know, how many ever kids I have. And, you know, we, we definitely want to pay it back to them. So we do that. Um, my hometown foster Ohio where we uh, started a scholarship, um, uh, we started scholarships actually two years ago, but last year we were able to hand out 10 $1,000 scholarships to, to kids. And then we also just started a, um, it's called the, the Micah High Champions Club in my, in my high school, um, to where if you play multiple sports and get good grades, you have opportunity of winning like $5,000 to uh, $5,000 scholarship. So right now we started in seventh grade. Um, and so you each semester or each quarter, I'm sorry, you earn a point. So if you meet the, you know, the points um, by the time you're a senior, you get a $5,000 scholarship. So right now we have 33 kids and hopefully those 33 kids can work all the way up to, to their senior year of playing multiple sports and getting good grades. So those are just some things that we do. Um, And so, yeah, the softball game is, is a, is a huge deal, not only to, to Western New York, but for our foundation. And um, it really gets our, you know, our name out there.
1: Oh, absolutely. And first off, that's absolutely incredible the impact you're making because You've been given this platform through football. Now you earn this platform, but you have this platform through football. Now you can be a model. You can give back and make a huge impact, but you can yeah. also model to young men like how, how you give back when you do make it. Exactly. And it's not blow it. It's not for show. Yep. Like genuinely you care. And, you, and yep. I know you care because of the amount of involvement that you have. There's yeah. a lot of people that would have a foundation, but they don't really get involved with it. Mm-hmm. You're hands-on you're out there in the trenches so i want to yeah. honor you that way and i got to play in the game i guess mm-hmm. it was 3 years ago 3 years ago man yeah tons of fun can't believe it was 3 years ago yeah. tons of fun really cool event one of the most iconic pictures i've ever seen when josh allen was chugging the beer and so
0: well i think i got to i think i got to slide josh a check for <laughs> for doing that because that got i think i got like barstool sports and like everyone started like posting that thing and you know that's how our our foundation you know got more publicity so like yeah I mean it's just it's just an awesome event and you know when it comes back to like you know our foundation I know that you know one day I'm not going to be an NFL player um, so we're trying to do as much as possible now so that you know the name carries weight and all that type of stuff and I'll definitely be more involved when I'm done but right now like our our, our board is amazing our staff um, they do a lot and it's all volunteer stuff right now like we don't we're we're in the you know situation right now where we just have volunteers that are doing you know all this stuff for us and um so obviously shout out to them shout out to our you know imagine for you staff and um our board chairman Tracy Troxell that does man he's it's like we pay him a million dollars a year the amount of stuff that he does he's amazing my wife does so much um so obviously kudos to them
1: Way to recognize them. You always want to recognize your team around you. And yeah, yeah, of course. You, you, there's no way that you would have the time to do it all. Now no, you get all. the publicity, but it's all about the team around you. So kudos to you, recognize them. All right, yeah. we got a few recurring questions, and we'll get you out here. Number one, do you have a favorite book? Oh, he would. He just asked me my favorite book. Oh, man,
0: I'm a big – I'm not a book guy. I'm not a book guy. I'm a podcast guy. Okay,
1: what's your favorite podcast?
0: Um, you know, I'll do some Joe Rogan. I just like the I like the um, the variety of guests that he has on there. You know, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be labeled as a what he believes in and all that type of stuff, but at the same time I like the variety. I know I can go on there and I can click on a podcast and it could be about something random that I never would have even thought of. So um I, I I for sure like the Joe Rogan podcast.
1: I like Joe Rogan as well. And and I got the chance to meet him a while back. Yeah. He was and he was so cordial and nice and I, I guess at the time I didn't realize how big of a like celebrity he was at the time mm-hmm. I just met him at a UFC event but yeah. he was so cool to me so I appreciated that and then the thing about Joe Rogan and other podcasts is like that is unfiltered media down and down. so whether you believe what they believe or not yeah. like they believe that truth and so yeah. that's truth to them and you can yeah. hear them express themselves and, and you're not being fed from an algorithm that knows that Micah Hyde loves Buffalo Bills, and exactly. he likes this and that. Okay, yeah. let's just feed him, feed him, feed him. Like, yeah, you I, I, I bill never bills.
0: know what I never know what I'm gonna hear on a podcast. I never know, like he can have a comedian on there, he can have some scientist, he can have you know some politician, he can have you know. So I like to learn about you know just like a variety of things, and it's a lot of things that I you know. We're I feel like we're always trapped in this bubble of football and family, like football family, football family. So every now and then, I like to just you know, get thinking about you know, whatever it may be, I don't know, whatever guest he has on there. So, right. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm interested in his in Yeah. His
1: uh, and, and that's how I run this podcast. And I would have so many more listeners or, or I guess, weekly subscribers. If I just did all bills, like yeah. if I came on here and did a bills recap, I had a bills player on each week or coach, <laughs> I would have better ratings. But to me like that, that doesn't get my juices going. Like yeah, yeah. the previous podcast of this is Jason Goldsmith, who's a performance coach, for a number of different athletes and, yeah. and high performers, but he's taken two golfers to number one in the world. Like to I me, mean, it's fascinating to pick his brain and that gets so my that's juices. The stuff,
0: that's the stuff that I love to, I might have to listen to that. Cause that's the stuff that I like, I enjoy to hear about like people's success stories, like how, you know, how they're driven, how they're wired. Like mm-hmm. people are just, people are just different. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, and I think that's, it's important for us, because you know we grew up in a locker room of just people from all over, different beliefs from you know inner city Chicago and small town Iowa. Like right. that's just that's just the people we've been around. So hearing their stories and hearing you know I've always been fascinated with that. So I think that's where like the variety of you know the podcasts and stuff like that comes in, and I just enjoy
1: it. Yeah, I love it. What role does your faith play in your life? Um, I'm,
0: I'm I'm Christian, and um, you know, obviously I feel like I um, can always take more steps. Um, we all can. Yeah. You know, talking to Lynn, um, you know, almost every day at the complex, you know, Lynn's trying his best to get me to, to, you know, not just dip my toe in, but kind of take the leap of faith. Um, and so I'm there and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to take that next step. So that's kind of where I'm at. I love to hear it. What was your first car? My first car? Uh, so growing up, uh, started in seventh grade, I worked on a farm. I mowed lawn um, and I worked on a farm, you know, everything, Bailed hay, build straw, mowed, uh, cleaned up crap all over the place, um, you know, that type of thing. So I, I worked um, for a guy and he had a he had a vehicle. It was a Cadillac Seville, a black Cadillac Seville. Ooh, I want to say this was probably in 2000 six. So it's probably like a, I don't know, maybe like a two, maybe like a 99, 2000 type car. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, so I didn't own it, but you know, I was, I was driving it to school every day and driving to practice and all that type of stuff. So, you know, I put the tinted windows on it. I put the, uh, the speakers in the trunk. Um, I got one of those like little you know the little stereo, the little faces yeah. that you could that you could peel off. I got one that pulled up like a screen. Yep. Um. So you know it's like a little. T- that was like the first little touchscreen in the car. So, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was out there scoring touchdowns and getting in the in the Cadillac. I thought <laughs> I, was, I thought it was LeBron James with the Hummer. Like you couldn't tell me nothing, man. I loved it.
1: Hey, you had an NIL deal before NIL NIL <laughs> deals are real.
0: No, it no. Yeah, I mean. You could say that until I had to uh, to put that premium gas into the Cadillac, and I was like, "Hey, begging for some money, like, hey, can somebody fill this up? Like, I don't have enough, I don't have enough money to to put in this, put gas in this tank." So, um, I would drive it to practice and back, and every now and then, you know, what I'm saying I, I would drive to school, obviously, but maybe take it to you know go see a movie, it's ten minutes away or something. But I wasn't driving it that much.
1: I'll tell you what, when people have asked me, like what's it like to have money when you didn't grow up with money? You Mm -hmm. know, they'll ask a similar question that I'm like, you know what, going to the grocery and going to fill up your gas tank and not like worrying about prices and not Mm -hmm. sweating it and not shopping around. Like I'm conscious of what we get at the store, Mm -hmm. but I'm not like, well, we can't have the organic milk because like, to me, that's like a huge difference to me. And you talk about the gas tank. Like I remember getting four gallons of gas for five bucks and being like, Oh, oh I can't go okay. over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's,
0: that's serious, man. Like I, to this day, I mean, I still hand my credit card to people and I'm like, this might get declined. Like, right. I don't know why the man is like, relax. Like we're, you can, you can look at our accounts. We're fine. Like we're good. Um, like we have enough, we were good. And I'm just like, I just, I don't know. I, I just always have because it happened so much when I was younger that I'm like, I just feel like she's going to come back, and be like, oh, this card doesn't work. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. So I still have that like trauma, you know, from, from being, my card being declined.
1: Yeah. And that, that's kind of healthy though. You yeah, know what I mean? It, like it. that'll serve you financially, mm-hmm. um, especially realizing that trauma. All right. Yeah. So what's your favorite restaurant?
0: Mm, my favorite restaurant um so out in san diego um it's like a like a taco spot um you know i love the authentic ones i think it's called sombreros out there like i love to walk into like a hole in the wall mexican restaurant and nobody's speaking english and you look in the fridge and there's like the the bottle of coca-colas yeah it was just ice cold and that's like so there's a there's a place out there um uh, I think it's called Oscars, I want to say, but there's another place called Sombrero. So I like authentic Mexican food. That's that's probably my favorite spot.
1: What's your favorite wing spot in Buffalo? Uh, Barbell, for sure. Yeah.
0: There's nothing like sitting down at Barbell and with some fresh wings in front of you. And it's, I know it. Oh, my gosh. As a matter of fact, I, I, think, I think we're going to try to hit there tomorrow um, to get some because I, I, I'm not leaving town without getting some.
1: Yep, I love it. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to get back up there and get me some, which yep. would be – in a few weeks all right last one for me this is what's next with eric wood what's next for micah hodd what's coming down the pipeline for you besides the <laughs> softball game
0: besides the softball game uh, like i said I have a camp coming up um, that we're excited for um like i said a 500 free kids are gonna be out there running around um and you know just being a dad man being a dad people ask me all the time what do you want to do after football What do you want to do after football um that's a question that we've been asked our entire life you know teachers since we've been little hey you know, you gotta have a backup plan. What's your backup plan? It's like, you know what? I I, I want to play football. Um, that's my goal. I uh, yeah, I met that goal. I want to win a Super Bowl. I need that goal. And then from there, I just want to be a dad, man. I just I just want to be there for my kids and love on them. And
1: that's that's me in a nutshell. From someone that's a few years ahead of you uh, on that path, my advice to you would be. Go all in on football. Do Mm -hmm. not even worry about what you're going to do next. You probably will not be content just being a stay-at-home dad. I'm just going to because that's how you're wired. Because I knew from the second I met you in Buffalo, like we're cut from the same cloth. Like Mm -hmm. you're a grinder. You're not going to be content with that, but don't worry about it. Go all in on ball, and then you can walk away from the game with peace knowing you gave it your all, Mm -hmm. and then you just treat people the right way and opportunities will come up and yeah, yeah. media members will reach out and say, Hey, can I do something for you? Yeah. And people that you treated well in Buffalo and California and everywhere in between in Iowa, everyone's yeah. going to say, Hey, Micah, if I can ever do anything for you, let me know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. that's how you do it. When you're too worried about what you're going to do after ball, mm-hmm. you're going to get there faster than you want to. That's true. That is true. I appreciate that advice, man. That,
0: that, that really hit home for me right now, you know, because, I think that every player, um, no matter if you're young or old, you know, they tell us all the time, three year, what, three years and is the is – the, 2.3 years is the league yeah, average. 2, 2.3 years. So, like, everyone hears that and they're like, you know, I got I to gotta know what I got to do after football. I got to know what I got to do after football. So, that's, that's real humbling to hear, like, some advice about that. Like, you know, just be a football player for now. Be a dad. And, you know, whatever comes after that comes after that.
1: Right, because I always saw people and they start doing some real estate and they start doing yeah, yeah, some yeah. some like heavy-duty media work in the mm-hmm. offseason or whatever it may be. Well, then their career, you're like, yeah. how is that dude out of the league already? Well, exactly. he, he, he didn't keep the main thing the main thing. Yep. And I'll just tell you right now, it's very hard to match that NFL salary doing something else. All right, I,
0: unless you're Tom Brady, you ain't doing it.
1: I get it. <laughs> Dude, what's All right, so I want to know like what's the current player reaction to the Tom Brady 10 year 375 million dollar deal.
0: You know, it came up in the locker room. Someone said it, it when it when it first dropped, I think it was what a couple of days ago. Yeah. I was like, so in the locker room was like, "Holy." And we were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." And they're like, "Yo, 10 for 37 or t- or, t- or 370 or something like that." And we're like, "What?" Like, I mean, but you can't you can't like obviously we're all we're all happy for like a player to be able to do that, but it is are you the greatest quarterback of all time. Like you can't even can't put a price tag on. And to be honest, I think that you know once it's done, it's gonna be more than that. Once he's done playing football, I think it's gonna be more than that because he's gonna hold so much leverage. You know, when when that when it's time to sign that deal, he's gonna be like, I need
1: I need some more. So you yeah. know, it's
0: it's all it's all love from a player standpoint.
1: Yeah, it's almost like when Mahomes signed that deal, mm-hmm. that 10-year, $400 million deal. Like, on the back end of that deal, Kansas City's going to be a, getting a discount. Now, at the time, everyone's like, I cannot believe that Mahomes got all that kind of money. But with Apple and Amazon and everybody else getting involved in yeah. this football media space, Fox Sports lands Tom Brady yeah. already before his career's over. I think it might start a trend. Tony Romo changed the game when he got 18 in a year. Beast, he's, he's so good because... He's just so comfortable. Yeah. Like, what people want to hear is someone comfortable, Yeah. knows the game. He's calling games with Jim Nance, who's yep. the greatest. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. They they have a great product. And, and I'm I happy love, for him. I want everybody to get theirs.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. So, you know, it's
1: he's changing the game for sure. So, I think as a player standpoint, you got to be happy for him. Do you know what his highest salary ever as a quarterback has been? I'm going to take a stab
0: and say – that it's just been around like the it's probably just been around like 20.
1: Yeah, 25 mil this year is his highest salary ever as a quarterback. He's going to be making 37.5 a year. His first year out of the league.
0: Good for him, man. Good for him. Great <laughs> quarterback of all time. You what? You win 6, 7? What does he got 6? Six? 6 or 7? Yeah, yeah, 6. You win 6. I mean, you deserve it, and and, and you you got to argue with his, you know, his, the way he goes out there and he makes everybody play their best. I mean, that's what the greatest the greatest you know players of all time do. Whether it, it doesn't matter the sport, so you can't argue with the numbers, and that's why I said I think that when it's all said and done, he's going to be getting more.
1: Yeah, and he's been doing Westwood One uh, Monday Night uh, Radio stuff for a while now. When I say people that are doing too much like he's just he's doing his weekly radio spot a lot of guys have those but tom showed a little personality there a little personality on social media and now everyone's like we got to get tom brady but micah hey good luck at your softball event this this weekend where can people buy tickets online because it's going to sell out where can people buy tickets yeah you can go to the bison's
0: website um and they they have you know the link where you can you know go in and get some tickets but it's also walk-in too so you can just show up grab some cheap you know, tickets and uh, come into the game. Like I said, there's going to be over, I think, as of two days, there's 8,300 fans. Wow. Wow. We're trying to get this thing to 10,000. And like I said, all the money that is is raised in this game is literally staying right here in Western New York. So we're going to do some amazing things with this money and uh, just can't uh, can't thank the community, the Bills Mafia, the team, the guys, um, West Her and um,
1: Lamy Sports for putting this thing on. So it's just awesome. That's awesome stuff, Mike. I can't thank you enough for your time. I know this is a busy time of year for you, so I can't thank you enough for your time. I love you, brother. I always have. I I, I wish you the best. I thank. I, I to I want you to get a ring so bad this year. Go mm-hmm. out and do your thing, and just just keep being you, brother. We'll do. Thank you, Ewood. I appreciate, it, brother. Yep.